Hey, this is Andrea, and you're listening to the City Heart Podcast. We hope that this series inspires you, challenges you, and propels you to dive deeper into your relationship with God. Enjoy the message. I'm not going to take up your time. We're going to go ahead and jump right into the word, man. So I pray that you, you, you felt the presence of God in worship. He was certainly here and uh, it's going to continue on in this word because God has a great word for us today. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up with me to Romans chapter 12, Romans chapter 12. And as you know, we're in this series called We're Not Normal. We are not normal. And this is actually week six of this teaching series that I've been in. And this is kind of a a part two to to last week's message uh, that I I ran out of time in the middle. But man, we're going to pick it up here today with what the Lord had for me last week, which got expanded because I have a little bit more time. Uh, And so I'm excited to to teach this word today. Um, So, yeah, so we're in Romans chapter 12. And we are looking in verse number three, Romans chapter 12 and verse number three. And it reads like this. It says, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith that God has distributed to each of you. For just as each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. And we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. And if it is to show mercy, do so cheerfully. Man, if you have something, leave it there in Romans chapter 12. We're going to come back to that uh, in a little while. But I want to check out one more passage here, and that's uh, in the Gospel of Matthew chapter 15. Matthew chapter 15. Obviously, Matthew is the first book of the New Testament of your Bible. And as well, if you're watching us online or if you're here in the room and maybe you don't have your physical Bible, but you have your phone or your computer or your iPad, you can certainly, uh, man, go to the Bible app and you can click on there. I actually put my notes in there every single week so that you can take the time on your own to go back and study. I encourage our crowd always don't take my word for it. Go study on your own. Go hear what the Lord has to say to you specifically, because what I'm giving is is a general word, but the Lord is going to speak something to you individually that can touch you. And so I hope that you take notes, right, during the message. I encourage you to do that. There's actually space in there that you can add notes to my notes, which I put in there. You can add something in there on your own as well. But man, we certainly hope that you would, uh, you would take time to, to do that and to see what's going on, what God wants to say uh, to you today. But Matthew chapter 15, let's take a look here. Matthew chapter 15, I'm going to start reading in verse number 29. Matthew 15 and 29 reads like this. It says, Jesus left there. You might say, well, Pastor, where, where, where's there? It's actually uh, Tyre and Sidon. It's, it's in the northern part of what is now Israel, the very northern tip, just above that, actually, uh, in there. And so to, to, to geographically help you know where Jesus is, right? Jesus left there and went along the Sea of Galilee. And then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. 
And this part is great. Great crowds came to him, bringing the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others, and laid them at his feet, and he healed them. And the people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking, the crippled made well, and the lame walking, and the blind seeing. And they praised the God of Israel. And Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been with me three days and have nothing to eat. I don't want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. And his disciples answered, where could we get enough bread in this remote place to feed such a crowd. How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. How many loaves do you have? Seven, they replied, and a few small fish. And he told the crowd to sit down on the ground. And then he took the seven loaves and the fish. And when he had given thanks, he broke them and gave them to the disciples. And they in turn to the people. Verse 37 says, they all ate, they all ate and were satisfied. I'm going to continue this series, We Are Not Normal, preaching a message today entitled, Called to the Crowd called to the crowd. Bow your heads. Let me pray for you, Lord. I thank you for this day. Thank you. It's a day that you have made. And Lord, we rejoice and we're glad in it. And we are so grateful for this opportunity that we have had to worship you. Lord, worship you through song and through praise saying, thank you, Lord. Thank you for what, you've, what you're doing for us. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for how you've made ways and how you've opened doors. Lord, how you've performed miracles in our lives. Lord, we took the time to say thank you, Lord. And as we take time to know more about you today, dig into your word. Lord, I pray that, man, these scriptures would jump off the page at us. Let them come alive to us. Let us see what you're trying to speak to us today, God. Lord, do that through opening up our heart. God, let, letting our heart that is hard become tender and responsive to your word in this moment. Lord, open up our ears so that we can hear exactly what it is you're trying to say to us today, God, because I believe you have a word for your people, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit move. Let your Holy Spirit move in this room. Let your Holy Spirit move in this moment. Lord, that I might decrease. Lord, that you might increase. That your people might get the encouragement and the hope, God, that you are pouring out on us today. God, let your word be rich. Let it be true. Lord, let it divide. Lord, soul and spirit. Lord, let it, Lord, let it pierce our hearts. Lord, that we might not only be hearers of your word, but that we'd also be doers. God, touch us today as we, man, consider what your word has to say. And Lord, as always, we'll forever give you the glory because you're worthy. And it's in your son, Jesus' name, we all say together, amen, amen. So here's, here's what happened. Last week, right, I was preaching this message, and I got about halfway through, and I realized, oh, I'm out of time. And so I said, okay, well, the Lord, in that moment, said, well, you got to finish this. And so I said, okay, well, Lord, you're going to have to shape the rest of it out. And so he did. And so last week, we talked about being called from the crowd, called from the crowd. And obviously this week, as I said, we're talking about being called to the crowd, 
called to the crowd. And last week, we kind of, let me just reframe it. We had set it up talking about the way that Jesus operates with the crowd, how he operated with the crowd when he lived on this earth and how, you know, what he did, the things that he did. And there was always a crowd physically following Jesus. There's always seemed to be, there was a group of people, right? He had his court disciples, but then there were always just people gathered. Why? Because they heard what he was doing. Man, there's something going on with this guy. And, and you know how it happens. You get one person that follows and then everybody else likes to follow as well. Man, I see that person going in. It seems like a crowd's gathered. Let, let me go. And y'all nosy, right? We're nosy. We're gonna, let me go see what's going on over there. And, right, and so you always had crowds that were gathering. Why? Because people were always experiencing the goodness of God coming in contact with Jesus. And so that crowd would continue to follow him wherever he went. And here's the thing about Jesus that I love. He never turned them away. He never turned them away, but, but rather, right, he, he began to call those people to check them, to challenge them, to encourage them to leave the crowd, to come from the crowd into a relationship with, into a relationship with him, right? Jesus is calling the crowd to himself, even now, he is calling the crowd to himself. He doesn't want the crowd to stay the crowd, but he's saying, look, there is, man, there's this personal and private and rewarding relationship that you can have with me. It's, it's a relationship, right, where, where I'm going to heal you, right, or I'm going to help you, and I'm going to help you to leave the corrupt nature of the world. We talked about that last week when Peter's giving that address after the Holy Spirit descends on the disciples, right, he gives this address. And at the end of it, he says, look, let's, man, you need to leave this corrupt generation. And if you look out into the world, that's what we see. We see a generation that is corrupt. We see a generation that's dealing with entanglements. Help us, Jesus. That's dealing with struggles. That's man, dealing with demonic influence and, 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 and spiritual warfare. Like There's things going on that we can see in the world and see something isn't right. Man, we, we look into the world and we, and we know that that's normal. And if we're honest with ourselves, we know that normal isn't working anymore. Whatever, if that's normal, what's going on in the world, man, it's not working for me. And that's why the Lord is calling us. He's saying, look, I want to take you from out of what's normal, out from the crowd, out from the world. And I want to draw you closer to me to be in a relationship with me that is private and personal and rewarding, right? Well, I want you to leave the crowd so that I can give you access to more. Access to more of his presence, access to more of his love, access to more of his hope. Man, he's giving us access. The word says that he's actually given us keys to the kingdom of God. He's given us access. He's given us more. He's given us keys to the kingdom of God. I love, one of the things I love about Disney that they've been doing in the last few years, that, man, they had these watches. And I don't know if you've ever seen them. They had these watches that, that you could personalize before you ever got to Disney. Before you ever went there, man, it was, it was actually a watch they gave, and it kind of had a Mickey's face on it, but you could customize it to your own color and, and the, the exact way that you wanted it. But the cool thing about the watch was this. It gave you access to everything. Right. So when you went to your hotel, you didn't have to have one of those those little cards or regular key. You just boop, boop, put your put your wrist up to the thing and the, the door would open for you. 
right? Or if you, if you wanted to get on a ride and you, you didn't want to wait, you wanted to go eat, because I'm like, I'm not waiting two hours in the line in the sweat in this Orlando heat. Well, let me do this. Let me go and boop, boop. I'm just going to reserve my time by, by flagging my watch, right? It, it, really, what it was, it was a key that gave you a more rewarding experience, right? And it was given to you before you even really knew all that it could do. And it's, I feel like the same way the Lord is saying, look, I'm giving you access, I'm giving you keys to my kingdom before you really know all that it can actually do. I'm, I'm just, I mean, I want you to come into my presence and when you just lift your hands and wave it by me and tell me what's going on, that I'm gonna give you access to more to a more rewarding and personal relationship. He's given us keys to the kingdom and all he's asking us to do to gain access to that is not to pay Disney prices, thank you, Lord Jesus, that you didn't didn't ask us to do that, thank you, Lord. But what is he asking us to do? To just acknowledge and believe who he is. That he is the Messiah, that he's the son of the living God and that we would just recognize all that he's done for us. And all that he is doing for us, that he came to earth, right? The divine experiencing our humanity, right? Living a sinless life that he died, right? On on the cross on your behalf, carrying your sins so that you might be saved and then was raised to life so that you can experience abundant life as well. And that's what he's saying. Look, I, if you could just acknowledge that I'm going to give you access to more, I want to give you access to me and to a relationship with me so that you can be blessed He's calling us from the crowd into his church, into discipleship, into a full and devoted relationship with him. That's what he desires for us to have. That's why he's given us keys. That's why he's given us access. But if we're honest, if we're honest with ourselves, many of us have avoided this calling or we've only partially accepted it. We've only partially walked in it. Why? because we like to hide and disappear. We like to hide and disappear, right? We like getting lost in the crowd, right? I don't know if you've ever been to a concert, like a real big concert. I've been to a few of them, right? But it's, it's real easy to get lost in the crowd or you go to an amusement park and you got all this many people, right? I kind of miss those days. I kind of don't, right? But you had all this many people all together in, in one space and it was easy to get lost, And some of us like getting lost because we like hiding. We like being undercover or or sitting, sticking towards the back or, man, sticking in our our own corner. I'm not messing with anybody sitting in the back of the room right now. Right? We like sticking to a place, right, where where we're not seen. Right? I I shared this year, last year, I went to a a men's conference in Charlotte with our sister church, Nikhil Church up in Charlotte. Shout out to Pastor Brian Dooley. Right? I I went to a a men's conference there and we're outside in the elements and, and he shared on, man, on the fact that either you're, you're, you're striving or you're hiding. And that's how we started the series Into the Light. I talked about that. How you're either striving or you're hiding. And, and man, we had to sit there as men, which we don't like to do and share our feelings. We don't like to do that. Right? But we're there sharing our feelings and, and he asked us to do this. He asked us, man, share what you're hiding. Ooh, I did not want to talk about that. Share what you're hiding. Well, here's the thing. When I got, when I was asked to share, we all had our, our notepads, we're taking notes, and I started to share what, what I was hiding, and it wasn't anything bad. It was just, I was just covering up or, or not wanting to, to really be too out there with everything that I am, you know, and, 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 and just like, I wasn't doing anything bad, but it was just, I was, I was just good at hiding. And so I started to write, and I noticed that I was writing a lot in the hiding, 
I was just, man, I was just hiding. And, it, and my hiding looks like this. I'm a very self-conscious person. You might not know this from me being on stage, but I'm a very careful and cautious and self-conscious person. I don't like to really be out there in crowds like that, right? And so, man, I'm writing this stuff, and it's, man, I'm writing about hiding. I'm being really vulnerable right now. I don't know what's going on. Anyway, right, um, I'm writing about hiding, right? And so I have a long list of hiding. And then it comes to the striving part. And I, I really couldn't think of anything. It was like, what are you excelling at? What are you great at? What do you feel confident and comfortable in? And I, I was like, oh, I'm not sure. And it let me know this. I, it's kind of like, a man, just a, a, a bell went off in my head. And the Lord shared this, like dropped this just deep nugget in me that I really didn't want to hear. And I recognized that I was actually striving in my hiding. I was striving in my hiding. I was good at hiding. And a lot of us are good at hiding. We hide our gifts and we hide our talents and we hide the things that we know that God is calling us to do. We're good at hiding. We're good at staying away. We're good at, man, not being fully out there or fully immersed into what God is trying to do. We're comfortable in the crowd because it allows us to never fully engage. We never fully believe, we never fully live in the life that God has called us to do or the things that he's called us to. And here's the thing, we want the benefits of the call. We like being called. We like the fact that somebody thought about us and called us. We like the fact that Jesus was thinking about us enough to call us. We like the call, but we don't want the responsibility that comes with the call. We want the call. We want to be called. But when it comes time to handle the responsibilities of the calling, we go back into hiding. What is that responsibility? Let me show you, right? It's, it's, it's turning around after you've been called, right, and using your gifts, your energy, your strength, your talents, right, to then benefit somebody else to benefit others, to take your calling and begin to do the same kingdom work that the Lord did in your life, that you would begin to do some works of service, that you would go out and do, man, do things for others. Whoa, whoa, whoa hold up. That I'm not getting paid for, Pastor Kevin? Wait, I'm not, I'm taking up my time and, and, and my energy and my strength and maybe my money and I'm going to serve others? Yes. Why? Because it's not, it's not, it's not about you. It's not only about you. It's about you, but it's not all about you. Wait, you mean if I go out and I do this stuff that's not solely focused on me, that I'm actually going to benefit and bless others, that's what the Lord wants from me? Yeah. That's what he's looking for. Well, well Pastor Kevin, come on now. That's not normal. That's not normal to, to give of myself in a way that, that, man, I'm not receiving anything from it or I'm giving, not even, even expecting to receive. Man, that's not normal, Pastor Kevin. I know. It's not normal. But that's the calling. That's what the Lord's calling us to do. We believe, and I told you every week, I tell you what we believe and why we believe it. Here's the we believe, right? We believe that everyone called into relationship with God has a responsibility to use their gifts and talents to make disciples. Everyone. And everybody likes that part. People like the discipling part. They like the, I get to preach and tell my story and do that part. And that's great. Nothing wrong with that. Please do that. But the other part to that is you're called to use those gifts and talents to make disciples and to serve them. 
to help bring unity to the body of Christ. So when we disciple and we serve others, man, it actually brings us all together. It continues to do the work to bring us together, which God was trying to do in the first place. And, and okay, so that's what we believe. And then we have the why. Why is it? Really simple. You're needed. Why do we believe this? It's because you're needed. That's why. It's very, really simple. Nothing crazy about it. You're needed. You are needed. Your gifts, your talent, what you have to offer is needed in the kingdom of God. And you might think, well, well, I don't know, PK, is it, is it me? Yes, it's you. That, it's you who the Lord wants, who he wants to use. And last, look, last week I, I asked you, right, because we're saying, well, me, me kind of being used in that way, that's not normal. And I asked you last week, well, what if you're supposed to leave the crowd's way? I like hiding in the crowd. I like being back by myself. I like not having to really participate or really fully believe or really fully engage or really fully immerse. And what if you're supposed to leave the crowd's way to pursue the cold way? that leaves normal behind. Maybe you're not supposed to be normal. Normal feels good, it's comfortable, but maybe you're not supposed to be comfortable. Maybe you're not supposed to be normal. You're supposed to be fulfilling the call of God in your life and the purpose that he's given you, right? And, and, and we shared about Peter last week. Let's take a look, Matthew 4 and 18. I shared this last week. It says as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee. I think he really liked that place where he's walking by there again. As Jesus walked by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. And they were casting a net into the lake for they were fishermen. And he says, come follow me and I will send you out to fish for people. I love, I grew up on the KJV, KJV that said, man, I will make you fishers of men. Not once they left their nets and followed him. So you have Peter and his brother Andrew being called out from the crowd of fishermen, right? They are on the Sea of Galilee, which means there were probably some other fishermen there. There were other people that were in the crowd doing the similar things that they were doing in the crowd. And the Lord calls them out from the crowd. He calls them out from the crowd. But notice what happens, right? He calls them out to follow him. Hey, come follow me. Y'all come hang with me. Come follow me. But notice what happens, right? Jesus not only calls them from the crowd, but then he turns and calls them to the crowd. Y'all see that there in that verse? He says, hey, come follow me and I will send you out to fish. Leave your job as fishermen and I'm going to send you out to fish for people. He calls us from the crowd but then he also calls them to the crowd. Matthew uh, 15, 29, you see a, a similar thing that happens here where, where Jesus, here's the reason why he's doing it. 15, 29 says this, Matthew 15 says, Jesus left there, where, where I talked about earlier, and went along the Sea of Galilee. And then he went up on a mountainside and sat down. And verse 30 says, great crowds came to him. Here's the thing we should see. Crowds are always gonna follow where Jesus is going. They're gonna keep following him. And look what happens, what they do. They bring the lame, the blind, the crippled, the mute, and many others and laid them at his feet. And look what happens. He heals them. 
when Jesus calls you out from the crowd, he's not going to leave you in the same condition, in the same place that you've been in. But he's going to call you and he's going to heal whatever is broken in you. Right. And he heals in verse 31 says the people were amazed when they saw the mute speaking. They were amazed when they saw the crippled made well. They were amazed when they saw the lame walking and the blind seeing. And they praised the God of Israel. Lord, we thank you for doing this amazing work. And Jesus called, I love this, he calls his disciples to him and he said this, look, I have compassion for these people. We talked about that two weeks ago, how important compassion is in the life of a believer. And that really, you can't be a believer if you don't have compassion. And here Jesus is saying it again. He's saying these people that are lame and blind and mute and deaf and everything else they're going on, I have compassion for these people. Jesus is saying, I have compassion for the crowd. Sometimes as believers, we can kind of look down our nose at the crowd. Actually, no, Jesus is saying, actually, I have compassion for those people. And as his disciples, if we're following him, to me, that's a call to us is saying, we're supposed to have compassion for those same type of people as well. That we're going to go out into the crowd, we're going to be in the world, and we're going to see the blind and the lame and the broken and the begging and the mute. And the Lord's calling to us and saying, are you actually going to follow me and have compassion on them as well? Sometimes in us, we can feel like, well, Lord, why me? Why would Jesus call me to the crowd? Why would Jesus specifically call me? PK, you're saying he's calling me. Why me? Why would Jesus call me to the crowd, from the crowd? And why would he call me to the crowd? It's because at one point, you were the crowd. That's why he's calling you. You were in the crowd lame. You were in the crowd blind. You were in the crowd crippled. You were in the crowd mute. You were in the crowd, right? But what happens? You were laid at his feet. And he didn't leave you in the same condition that you were in, but he healed you because he had compassion for you. And he recognized your suffering, and he didn't leave you in your suffering, but we talked about last week, what is compassion? It's recognizing the suffering and then stepping in to do something to help. He had compassion for us. He called you not just from the crowd, but to the crowd. Why? Because it takes one to know one. It takes a crowd person to know crowd people. Can I get an amen right there? That's a good word. Look, it takes some, it takes some crowd people who used to have some crowd behaviors. Can I get an amen on that? I used to Jesus help me. Right? I used to have some crowd behaviors. Right? It takes one to know one, to recognize a crowd person. Look, a person that's blind can recognize another blind person. Also, they can recognize what it takes for them to be healed of their blindness. It takes a person that was lame to recognize a lame person and recognize, hey, here's what it takes to be healed from the lameness that you have in your life. And honestly, people are drawn to people that were similar to them who have left the condition that they were once in. If they see, man, you, man you, you used to be just like me and now you're different, man. How, how, how do I do that? And the Lord's going to, man, he, that's why he calls us specifically because there's something in you. There's something about you when you were in the crowd that he's saying, look, I need those same gifts to go back out to the crowd to call those other people that had those same gifts and pull them into my kingdom just as I pulled you into my kingdom. He's calling us. 
Now that you're healed, you're in a position where you can help. So he calls you to help, right? John 14, 12 says, very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me, what does that look like? That's leaving the crowd, right? If you're believing in him, you're taking a step to leave the crowd. It says that person will do the works I have been doing. Whoever leave, believes in me will do the works that I've been doing and they will do even greater things than these because I'm going to the Father. What's happening here? Jesus is telling the disciples, look, at some point, I'm not going to be on earth and I'm going to need some people, some hands and feet, some people that have been in the crowd to do some of the crowd work that I was doing before. I'm going away, so there's gonna be somebody who's gonna need to, man, recognize the blindness that they have and see the blind that's in the crowd and go out and be able to pull those blind people in. I need, to, man, I need some people that were lame but were healed from their lamenicity, whatever the lame term is, and to pull them in from that lame condition into a place where they're in a relationship with the Lord. The job of recognizing the crowd and recognizing how to heal them and having compassion for the crowd and healing the crowd falls to us. It's now our job to do it. We've been called from the crowd and we've been called to the crowd. Matthew 4, 19, Jesus says there, man, come follow me. And I will send you out to fish for people. And I love this part, right? At once, they left their nets and followed him. If, man, there's two things I, I want to tell you that's going to be really effective if you're going to take up your call. If you're going to do, man, walk in your call effectively, there's two things you have to do. You have to leave your nets and keep your gifts. You have to leave the nets and keep the gifts. A lot of times, right, what, what, what happens is we want to continue to drag our, our nets that we had in the crowd into the life that we have with the Lord. You can't do that. You have to leave your nets and keep the gifts. Why do I need to leave my nets? It's because a lot of times what we're carrying in our nets, what we're carrying from our past, what we're carrying from the condition that when we're in is hurt. What we're carrying from where we came from is pain. What we're carrying from there is unforgiveness. What we're carrying from there, man, is, is depression or, man, the thoughts of suicide. And the Lord's saying, look, I need you to leave the nets behind and follow me. I need you to leave your nets there. There's a reason why they left their nets. Why? Because it was going to be too much weight to carry in where they were going. Yeah, so good. Here's the other reason. When, if you're carrying all this stuff, these previous nets with you, man, you're, you're going to hurt somebody. Why? Hurt people hurt people. But if I, man, hurt people hurt people, but also healed people heal people, right? But if, I, if I'm trying to continue to take my hurts, I can actually hurt somebody that I think I'm healing. Why? Because I'm still trying to hang out in the crowd, Right? Even though I've been called from the crowd, I'm trying, I'm trying to keep one. Let me keep one little pinky toe in there, Jesus. No, leave your nest there and come out of the crowd. Leave it all behind. You can't carry that weight anymore. You can't carry that pain anymore. This is a word for somebody. You can't carry that relationship, hallelujah, anymore. You can't carry that situation anymore into the calling that God has for you. It's too much weight. There's too much baggage there. Leave it. Leave the nets, but keep the gifts. 
You got to leave that crowd lifestyle. I said last week, man, there's so many called people still trying to live a crowd lifestyle. It's time to leave it. Why? Because there's, man, they're, they're the things in you, the gifts that you have are connected to your calling. The gifts that, that God's given you, the talents that you have are connected to your calling and they're needed in the body. And your ability to fully minister, to serve and help people will be hindered, right, by your inability to leave behind your sinful natures and behaviors. If we're going to be the hands and feet of Jesus, right, it's going to be hard to function if, if man, if I'm leaving something there, it's going to be hard for us to function if, if we have like one hand tied behind our back. If we're trying to leave one foot in the crowd but still trying to serve the Lord, man, it's going to be hard. If, man, if, if I'm in a fight and I'm trying to fight a fight with, with one hand tied behind my back and the other person has two, I'm going to lose. I don't like to don't fight anyway, but I'm just saying, right? Leave the nets, but keep the gifts. Look at this, Romans 12, 4, 8. It says, for just as each, of, each one of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully, right? Here's the thing I love. Notice when Jesus calls Peter and Andrew from the crowd, he didn't instruct them to leave their gift or, or, or their, their ability or talent to fish behind. Rather, right, he let them know that their gift or talent to fish would be connected to their call. He says, look, you were fishermen, but I'm going to make you fishers of men. You were, you were people that fish, but I'm going to make you, you going to make you fish for people. I'm going to help you in that way, right? And it's the same for us, right? If you were the life of the party in the world and you were in the club or the bar and you could do all this and you were, you know, all that, right? You could do all that before. Here's the thing. In the kingdom, we need some people that can create atmosphere like that in the kingdom. Somehow, man, what we feel like, man, all the stuff I did in the world that, man, those, those, those things can't be sanctified and transformed and used to bless the kingdom of God. That same energy, that same spirit, when you walk in the room and the room changes, that same thing we need in the body of Christ. We need when, man, when Karis is on the corner, they need people that, can, that are energy and can go out there and connect with people. They need that same thing. Why? Because it helps to minister the gospel to people that are lost. The same gifts that you had in the world are the same ones that are going to, man, create an atmosphere for the Lord to be able to move. That's why he gave them to you. Right? Romans eleven twenty nine 29 says this, says, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. If you read it from the KJV, it says gifts come without repentance. So that means you had your gifts before you even got into the kingdom of God. Before, I'm, you need to repent, but you got them even when you didn't repent. And he's saying, look, go ahead and repent, and now let's use them for the good of people. All of a sudden, we get into the church, and it kills me when this happens, right? We get into the church, and we stop working. We were hustlers in the world, but you will not hustle for the kingdom of God. You were, you were, a, right, you were a baller in the world, 
and you, you, you flexed, right? And you floss and you did all those other terminology. When you get into the kingdom, it's like, oh, all of a sudden you can't do those things. Whoa, whoa, wait, what, what changed? You still have that say, look, if you have the gift to hustle, you have the gift to hustle. And those same gifts can be transferred into the kingdom to do what God has called you to do. We have to use the gifts that we have for the kingdom of God. James 4.17 tells us this. It says, look, if anyone knows the good that they ought to do and doesn't do it, it's actually sin for them. If, if you see, if you're walking past and you can see there's some good that you can do with the gifts God gave you and you're not using them, that's actually a sin. God help us. That's actually a sin. But I love, I love this. Look. Romans 12, 3, 8, reading further says, look, for, for by the grace given me, I say to everyone, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought. Please don't think that you're above serving. I scrub toilets still. I will do it. I will sweep floors in here without shame. I was out there on my hands and knees yesterday in the blazing hot sun, resurfacing a deck. Why? Because the kingdom matters more. Man, those, those kids who come and just need grief counseling, they matter more than how I might have felt for five minutes out there, man, on painting, right? They matter more. And, and, and the call that I have in my life isn't just to stand up here, but I have a call to work, to serve, to do what God has asked me to do. And it doesn't matter how I have to do that, Lord. If it serves your kingdom, count me in. Put me in the game. I want to be in there. I mean, I want to continue to keep the gift and use the gift that God has given me. So I have to, I mean, I can't think of myself more highly than I ought to, but it says here, rather think of yourself with sober judgment in according with the faith that God has distributed to you. So if God has distributed some grace and some faith to you, man, we have to turn around and then distribute that faith onto others. We can't, we, we can't keep it to ourselves. We need to keep the gifts and use them. And it doesn't matter what your specific gift or talent was or function. There were people out there yesterday. It was such a beautiful thing. We're out there serving. And people like, we're amazed because we're seeing pictures coming back of murals being painted on the wall. And I'm just like, wow, that's an amazing gift. Look, but it's a gift that I don't have. You don't want me coloring on the walls, right? Because that house out there in the sun, right? Where I need to be out there just painting on the outside, just, just resurfing the deck. You couldn't mess it up. That's, that's where I needed to be. But, but there's some people that have, man, you have a gifting outside of the kingdom of God that you can now bring in and use to benefit and bless the kingdom of God. The body needs you no matter what your gifting is. But here's the thing. You need the body too. You need the kingdom too. Sometimes we can feel like, well, I don't, I don't need to go. I don't need to pray. I don't need to show up. I don't need to get online and connect. You need the body too, because when you need encouragement, when you need hope, who are you going to call? You're going to call on the kingdom. You're going to call on people to pray for you. But here's the thing. Somebody should be calling you. Somebody's going to be connecting with you, and we all have to remain in that place where we're connecting. Ephesians 4, 16 says, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. We have to all do our part, the part that, man, helps us to stay together. As, as a body moves together, a body moves as one. 
We have to move as one. It can't just be the people on staff at church. It can't just be the same 20% of volunteers that volunteer every week. We need the other 80% to be a supporting ligament, to be a part, to help us grow and build together. Why? Because it doesn't just grow me, it grows you too. As we each do our part together, we move as one. But if you're living or if you're acting separate from the body, you will miss God's move. It says Jesus Christ is the head and we are the body. Well, if the head's making a move and the body doesn't move with the head, there's going to be some separation. The head is moving and he's asking his body to move along with him. We're joined together as believers in the body of Christ, right? When, you, when you're in and when you're doing your part, there's this real sense of joining and connecting with other believers, right? It's not just participating in an individual act or your own spiritual journey. And sometimes we can think, oh, I'm just out here by myself. I'm just living for Jesus by myself. So somebody, man, post on the other day, well, I don't need church anymore, man, because I was hurt in the past. And so I can just operate separate of the church. And I was like, hold on a minute. You might have been hurt, but that doesn't mean that you don't still have a place in the body. Come back to the Lord so that you can be healed, and then you can again use your gifts and talents. People are going to hurt you, but the Lord's saying, come to me so that I can heal you and use you again. We're supposed to have, man, there's a dependence and a reliance on another and a responsibility that we have to the spiritual and the natural welfare of one another. We have that, and we have to use that and take that and also have compassion on the world. Why? Because Jesus did. And if we're going to follow him, if we're going to say we're his disciples, we have to operate in the same way. Well, Pastor Kevin, that's not normal. We live in a society that's very individualistic, and that's all about me and how I feel and how I vote and how I think and what I post and how I comment and what I say, and what I wear. It's all about me. The calling of God is from the crowd, but it's also to the crowd. It's the Lord saying that it's not just about you, but you've been specifically called out from the crowd into the church. You are his body, and it's to use your specific gifts and talents to reach the crowd. Why? Because you were the crowd. And there's somebody like you that's in the crowd right now that's looking for the Lord, that's looking for something different. They're looking to leave their normal. But if we don't follow our call to the crowd, we will leave that person in the crowd. Because the Lord specifically called you to be a benefit and a blessing to them. But what happens if you don't move? I can think of so many people that aren't reached because we are not in the positions that we're supposed to be in. We don't have the attitude that we're supposed to have. Doesn't matter how many services we have. It doesn't matter how many times we go out to serve. You are supposed to be there. You're supposed to be a part of the body of Christ. That's why you were called from the crowd is to be in his kingdom and to be busy doing kingdom work. Use your gifts and talents. That's what we see pictured here. I'm I'm closing right here. Matthew 15, 32, right? When Jesus called his disciples to himself and he said, look, I have compassion for these people. They've already been with me for three days and have nothing to eat. Man, look, and I don't want to send them away hungry or they may collapse on the way. And his disciple answers, well, well, look, where can we get enough bread 
enough loaves in, in this remote place to feed such a big crowd. Man, the Lord, the crowd is, is it's big. I mean, how do, how do I, I don't have everything. How do, I mean, how do I minister to this crowd? How do we minister to these people with just a little bit of stuff that we have? And, and the Lord says this, right? They, Jesus asked them, he says, how many loaves do you have? How many loaves do you have? Maybe it's not about what everybody else has, but it's about what you have. How many loaves but you have? I love this part. If you can read on, they answer. And they say, well, Lord, we have seven. We have seven loaves. This lets you know something very big. It lets us know that the Lord isn't worried about you having everything. He just wants you to use what you have. What is it that you have? I love that their reply is seven because seven in the spiritual is the, is the sign of completeness and perfectness. That lets us know that exactly what you have is perfect for the work that he is trying to do in his people. That exactly what you've been blessed and gift and talented with is exactly what God needs. And he's looking for you. It's not about having everything. It's about having what you have. What loaves do you have? What are you doing with the gifts and the talents the Lord has given you? Stop looking and worrying about what everybody else has and worry about you. What is it that God has placed in you? What is the purpose and the calling that the Lord has placed on your life that he's looking for you to use in the crowd? That's why he called you from the crowd. It's so that you could be called to the crowd to use what you have to benefit and bless them. Look what happens. He told the crowd to sit down on the ground. And then he took those seven loaves and the fish. And when he had given thanks, he broke them and he gave them to his disciples. That's a word right there by itself. It's the same thing that God does for us. Jesus went to the cross. He allowed his body to be broken for us. It wasn't about everything else. He used what he had. He took on our sin and his body and allowed his body to be broken for us. He heeded his calling to the crowd and he's asking us, will you follow me in doing the same? Will you be called to the crowd? He took the seven loaves and the fish. When he given thanks, he broke them and he gave them to his disciples. And I love this part. And they in turn gave it to the people. That's a word for us. Is taking everything that God has done for us, him breaking himself, everything that he's implanted, the ways that he's healed us and blessed us and, and given us talents and gifts. We're supposed to take that and then turn it and give it to the people, give it to the crowd, give it to this world that is lost and struggling and hurting. It needs to know that God has something specific for them as well. This last verse I love. They all ate and were satisfied. It wasn't just the disciples that ate. The crowd ate too. Everybody ate. And they were all satisfied by what Jesus had broken. Jesus broke and he gave it to his disciples. His disciples turned and said, look, we're going to go ahead and give this to the people. And they were all satisfied. Lord, may you be satisfied by what we bring. All that we have individually. 
And we believe that everyone is called into relationship with God. Everyone that is, has a responsibility to use their gifts and talents to make disciples and to serve. And it helps to bring unity to the body of Christ. What is that unity? It's that we're all satisfied with what God has given us. You're needed. That's why we believe that. We believe that you're needed. Everything that you have is needed in the kingdom. You have been called to the crowd. Bow your heads, let's pray. Thank you for listening to this message. If you want to hear more about this series or learn more about our church, check us out at cityheartjackson.com or follow us online at cityheartjxn.